0: This is our strongest start. And so uh we're talking yeah. about the uh Let's Go branding.
1: I'm old. We don't use cameras. Yeah. Um, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we're
0: going to talk about the Let's Go branding coin. But before that, guys, please introduce yourselves. Whoever we are, first for start. I'm here. Sure. before my,
1: age, James. Oh,
2: I guess that's me then. Yeah, so my name is James CEO of Type Capital Management. We're a multi strategy hedge fund. Um, I'm also the managing partner of Catulis Law. I do a lot of. Uh, investor protection litigation, probably known for being the, the lead attorney in the MF Global Bankruptcy, where I led the recovery, all $6.7 in customer assets, completely pro bono against John Corzine, J.B. Morgan, Clinton's FBI Director, the trustee from Lehman, you know, like little guys. Um. But yeah, I still kind of do the dual track, where like I sue bad guys, but then manage money for institutional investors. And things of that nature. And then Jeff has broken me into uh, the meme coin world, which has been a fun uh, last eight days or so. Uh,
1: so thank you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, we, um, I, uh, I was a commodity trader um, at the CME for myself. I was on the CME board, one of a group of people that took it from mutual to publicly traded institution and transformed the world of trading. And then I started Hyde Park Angels in Chicago. Did a kicked off the really early stage venture scene there. Um, it was kind of lethargic until we started. And uh, I just literally Monday it'll be um, ending the investment period for our fund at West Loop Ventures. Part of that fund has invested in some cryptocurrency companies, and um, and so we were really interested in it. And now we have a meme coin. Um, called let's go brandon and um it's kind of fun strictly for fun um and james um i met actually on twitter (laughs) when when he the whole corzine thing went down and it turns out we were members of the same club and um we met at the club on new year's day and uh hit it off and um we've been friends ever since i'm on the board of advisors for his hedge fund i'm an investor in his hedge fund highly encourage it and um so crypto is interesting to both of us for a wide variety of reasons and um
0: yeah so i read that article that you wrote about uh yeah man it's kind of like a running joke on here that we're just waiting till like a hellfire missile takes out my apartment like (laughs) because if i'm having on malone and he's talking The inventor of the mRNA vaccine—he's on here saying don't get it—and then, you know, I'm having on CIA officials after the election saying it was a fraud. I'm just waiting for the mercenary to show up to my front door. But man, I might have a run. I'm
2: I'm, I'm glad we're doing this remote then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, well, it's well now. I'm thinking like, oh yeah, no, seriously, yeah, you don't want to all be in the same room. They'll absolutely fucking hellfire us. But Jane. I mean, you might be giving me a run for your money because, yeah, you took on the former CEO of Goldman Sachs, former what, senator. And uh, yeah, you've, uh, what's his name? Eric Holder. Yeah, and you managed to win all of it. I mean, guys like you end up face down, floating down the Potomac normally.
2: Bro, don't curse me. I'm great. call the fucking evil eye. I like, yeah. can't evil eye me on this podcast. It's no, not cool.
1: No. He no. didn't pick on Hillary Clinton. Come on.
2: Yeah, no. He no, didn't Come have... On. Unless you have information... Well, I did. You know, Cor- Corzine was actually raising money for Hillary. And even in the middle of this, where Corzine was on tape lines stealing $1.6 billion of customer money out of segregated trust accounts, the dude put his name headline ready for Hillary fundraiser in the Hamptons, $32,000 a plate, if I recall.
0: So, so maybe maybe I shouldn't uh, congratulate you on not dying just yet. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's still a hey, play. I will
2: say, if they
1: come, they better come
2: hard, because I'm <laughs> hard to
1: kill bro. Okay. I think, I think a larger point here, though, is, yeah. is um, something that's probably badly needed in America today. And it's that, it's that person to stand up. And so you you got a flavor of that in Loudoun County, right, in, the, in this last election. People went to their school board and they stood up. Mm-hmm. And and I think what was so impressive to me, I wasn't on the board of CME at the time. I was trading, you know? Um, and, and James actually stood up, right? He was a, a party of one. And he took on these gigantic forces where normally um, people might shy away from that. And it was really, I mean, like... I mean, I lost a shitload of money because I was long CME stock, CME stock tanked. Um, the CME um, CEO, who was a friend of mine, basically abdicated responsibility in the press, Craig Donahue, and said, you know, this is really isn't our problem. And on a legal stance, he was right. But on a pure business stance, he was wrong. And um, And James stepped up and you got to give people like James credit. And so he has one. How many coins did I send you? One trillion let's go brandon coins, Jason. Let's go brandon. <laughs> <One> <laughs> time, baby. Yeah. Rocket to the moon. But
2: it's you know At you Please t- note it has no value. It is a digital collectible only. Don't God. spend money on it unless you want to light it on fire. Yeah. But to the yeah. moon.
1: Well, I,
0: I have a I have a billion let's go brandon. So you are oh. you oh. you're a thousand times me, but we go. You, you talked about it towards the end of your article, right? When you are like, if you want to own, uh, own, own an LGB coin, um, yeah. you know, like do something and, you know, not, not nothing, like actually do something, right. show some do value. Something. And I do think that there's, you know, it's it's a joke coin, but there's some importance in that because, you know, it's like that quote, it costs nothing to be the second patriot, Right. It's only when the first guy – the first guy makes the sacrifice. It takes nothing to join the winning team, right, the bandwagon fan. It takes nothing to get on, right? Mm-hmm. It's – it's, and that's what it is. And what we see is – and I'm guilty of it more than anyone – is – Who's coming? Where's the white knight? Where's Superman? You have to realize, like, it's not coming. It never was coming. I mean, whether it's now or whether it's back in the 1770s, right? They were not, who's going to stand up for us? No, it was a bunch of assholes with powdered wigs and muskets, and they stood up for themselves. And what I look at now is, and I think it is slowly happening, and, you know, it's better late than never where people are starting to stand up, people who normally don't get involved, right? And some people have their different issues. Some people, it was for, For me, it really started to kind of wake me up when I was getting censored from YouTube. Granted, private company, but still pretty un-American. Other people was, uh, you know, vaccine mandates for other people, parents. It's going to school boards and being told that, A, uh, they shouldn't have input onto what their children learn. And B, if they come and raise their voice, not even literally raise their voice, but just come and voice their opinions, that they will be categorized as domestic terrorists and harassed by the FBI right there are things where people need to start standing up and you also have to realize that you know it's like the comedian duncan trussell he was like if you want to fix the world he was like don't have these messianic i'm gonna solve world hunger he's like go spend 50 bucks a month on ramen and bring it to your local homeless shelter and if you see a piece of trash on the road try to pick up one piece of trash a day maybe Mm -hmm. it's a cigarette butt maybe it's a oreos wrapper if you do that and it, says, it's, it sounds cheesy as shit, but if you do that, that is what propagates out into a better world, or in our case, a better country. So little things like, I mean, I told you all beforehand the story of this podcast, and everybody mm-hmm. that listens to this knows the story. I was in no position to take some, to die on a hill and get banned from YouTube. I didn't have mm-hmm. millions of people that I could, you know, Stephen Crowder's kind of moving to Rumble, and he can take that massive crowd with him, which is, hey, he, he earned it. I'm not in that position. I was trying to monetize this and move out of my parents' attic. Uh And when I realized I was getting banned for talking to Hodkinson, Malone, McCullough, I realized then and there that that was going to be my stand. And it's something tiny. Does it change the world? No. But if I can, you know, preach what I or practice what I preach, that does. And I know for a fact it's led to other people who listen to this podcast start doing little things in their joining a school board getting involved in local elections and now even just having you guys on and you guys giving me the time of your day to come on and shoot the shit about let's go branding coins but like it is once you start doing it it costs nothing to be the second patriot which is, i think the little things you
2: mentioned honestly are just one of the big things right Like Emma okay. Vogel, like i don't know if i could ever do something as big as that again right? Like 38,000 victims, 6.7 billion in the brokerage case, 44 billion in the, you know, in the, the holding company case. But, uh, you know, here through COVID, I have been an outspoken advocate, you know, early, you know, I closed all our offices globally February 26 2020, right? So I'm not like a COVID denier. I'm like, stay the fucking home. Don't go into the office. Like be, you know, be safe. Like I actually gave a speech in New York that day at the Metropolitan <laughs> Club. People thought I was crazy, Right, no one understood like 14-day incubation period, what we knew at the time, right? By April, enough data was out to know that outside transmission, you know, is about 0.74% of all COVID cases, right? So then to die from COVID, it's like 0.74% times like 0.05%. It's almost infinitesimally small, right? So in 2020, I was actually holding new to miami outdoor finance happy hours right because i'm like so many people have moved here to leave the desolate post-apocalyptic wastelands that all the blue cities have come with incredibly high taxes incredibly high crime right this defund the police nonsense like give me a break right so people moving here right and left like be warm don't pay state and city income taxes and don't get like shot walking out your front door like in new york chicago seattle like you know to LA, San Fran, I mean, it's disgusting what's happened to one, one great cities, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm like, it's really important to make people stick here. You got to build a community. You got to make friends, they got to have business ties, right? So, you know, to me, getting people outside, getting them out of their apartments, getting them like social, making friends and shit, just as important, you know, and, like little things like that matter. Like I play hockey twice a week here in Miami Beach. And we got this, like, crazy new city manager who was under investigation for, uh, you know, her or her office taking bribes to, improve you know, approve illegal short-term rentals here south of Fifth. Um, You know, it's a very residential neighborhood here on Miami Beach. She tried to put a mask mandate in place, like, two months ago for guys playing hockey. OK, a break. So I did not leave the rink until I organized a walkout. I got everybody to leave. And I just called county commissioners and tweeted the governor and tweeted the mayor of Miami Beach, tweeted the county mayor until the mask mandate was rescinded. They rescinded in 30 minutes. OK. And so, you know, you look at like all these politicians worldwide. I call it nightclub bouncer syndrome. OK, then yeah. they get a little bit of power. They get all the fear mongering here with COVID. OK, and they want to use that to get as much power as they can get. They get off. Like people say, oh, my God, that's so hypocritical. These politicians get off on being hypocritical. Yeah. You know, AOC gets off on saying tax the rich while hanging out with them. as a champagne socialist. Yes. OK, and it's disgusting. And you know what? All these people are cowardly, and that's why they get off on having power over other people. So when you, you stand up and, you you know, you do it in a nonviolent but aggressive manner, they will back down because they are cowards. Yes. And it. it's one of the things I just love about the Let's Go Brandon movement and, like, the symbol that that has become is it's a way to encapsulate all of that. In one phrase, and you're not swearing. You no, you're not like overtly doing anything. But let's go, Brandon. At the same time, says fuck Joe Biden, the incompetent president. Um, and it says, you know, screw the media who's out there covering for him and trying to, to have thousands of people in the background who are actually saying fuck Joe Biden and say, oh no, he means let's go, Brandon. Okay, and so that's why the phrase is so powerful. I think that's why the, the response the coin has been so powerful because people like to have an easy way to show that they're not fooled, that they know what's going on in this country. They see what's going on in the rest of the world. They see what's going on in Australia, which gave up its guns in a gun buyback (laughs) and then (laughs) has unmitigated fascism with the excuse of a disease that kills like 0.05% of people. Maybe, you know, if you look at the serology tests that come come out, it's like the average person in the world has been exposed to COVID like 2.1 times. Okay, I killed COVID in two days with zero symptoms. I had a natural super immunity to COVID. Okay, and I'm going to let people control me. Take you know, treat me like a second class citizen because I'm not going to bow down to government control. You know, I, I went to Greece for a month this summer. Greece accepts a negative COVID test within 72 hours, a positive antibody test within six months, or a vaccine. Guess what? That policy actually follows the science. If you're compare, if you're concerned about people's health, okay. That is the proper way to, you know, contain COVID, which is something that it was clear as, as of April 2020 is going to be a death, right? Like the genie's out of the bottle, lockdown's not work. okay? Miami has got the, or Florida's got the lowest COVID cases in the whole U.S. and we've been open for like 17 months. <laughs> Most okay. <laughs> but, you know, so if you look at something like a mask mandate, it's not about health. It was about health. They would expect, accept antibody tests, because naturally acquired antibodies, not to mention someone like me, who's got a natural super immunity to COVID, but just natural acquired antibodies are like three times more effective than the vaccine. Okay, so anyone who won't recognize the antibody test does not care about you. They care about their own power. And to that, all I got to say is let's go, Brandon.
1: Yeah, I think I I would echo that. Um, I might disagree a little bit that, that it's easy to be the second patriot. I kind of, if I look at your podcast and kind of how you did it, very similar to a startup, right? You get a a small, first few customers, boom, 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 and you start growing and growing and growing. Um, With startups, you know, it's very difficult to be the founder of the startup. It it was very difficult to be James um, to stand up. It was very difficult to be you to start this podcast by yourself and just kind of go out and talk to the ether and hope somebody listened, right? the hard the hard thing sometimes is to also be a joiner and to, to sign on to that. So for every Paul Revere, you know, there's a Dawes for, yeah. for, and so and so it's that group of people and being able to inspire those people to do something. So if, if you really if we really talk about what James did, it wasn't James just by himself. There were a lot of people that joined up to help him in aid and aid Nebet and getting that money back. When I was on the CME board, It wasn't, you know, it started with Bill Shepard with this idea of transforming the industry. And people signed on because we respected Bill. He was one of the greatest currency traders ever in the history of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. One of the smartest guys you'll never read about. And and I think at school boards, at at things like that, that's what happens. My wife started an organization with Sylvie Legere that empowers women, and women are now going to school boards, and and now you see it at Loud. Now I don't know if any of them were part of their PolicyCircle.org organization or not, but but here we are. And so I think you can make a difference. And so that's one of the things I want to do with this coin is give it to people to make a difference. And oh, by the way, I have to buy ether gas and pay to distribute it. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like I can just send it out for yeah. free. Yeah. So with, with
0: with the with the patriot quote, I think it's more um, <clears throat> symbolic. You know, the first patriot isn't necessarily George Washington. It's yes. It's it's the colonists. The right. you would say that you're right. The first patriot. You could say it's it's World War II. The second patriots are the guys that afterwards are yeah. like hell yeah, greatest nation. And it's like where the fuck yeah. are you? Right. right. That's right. it's obviously it's never right. I mean, as I told you guys before, my investor like that is. It didn't cost him nothing, and it still is not guaranteed to work. Um, I'm with you with that on 100. a lot of the guests I have on here. I mean, I have Dale Comstock regularly. I mean, that, that guy's the uh, uh, youngest ever member of Delta Force. I've had on mm-hmm. Charlie Duke, the guy who walked on the moon. He's come on here three times. I'm not giving him anything. He's not getting any exposure from Tommy's. The exposure he got was when a billion people watched him walk on the fucking moon, not coming <laughs> on my podcast. It's yeah. um, So even now, what you guys are doing, like, it's not – costing nothing that you're the y'all giving me the time i'm not joe rogan i'm not giving you 10 million followers you're coming on my podcast which has probably been fingered by the national security state as a form of white supremacy or something fuck if i know what we're not
1: getting any money for this
0: james yeah so i was gonna tell you guys that after fuck this kid (laughs) out of here bitches yeah right it's but no you're right is it is that movement and it is and back to what james said earlier. There is something very, uh, there is a silver lining to a lot of this. And what you so, realize.
1: I, I would just say, like, I, I was on the board of the World War II Museum in New Orleans. It's a place oh, everybody love. Oh. Um, And I got to meet lots of really cool people. Like, I mean, amazing people. Um, and I did a tour of Normandy once with this French guy. And we went to the the museum at Cannes. we were out, and he said, it's a misnomer to say that, everybody in France was a part of the resistance. He said there were as many collaborators and um, there were more collaborators than there were resistance. And even today, there's more people that will wear the mask, get the vaccine and just say, oh, it doesn't hurt you, just do it. And those are the same people that will send you to the gulag eventually, right? I mean, and so you have to do what James kind of articulated and stand up to that And you can stand up to it with basic data if it's in your corner, but the problem is everything's very emotional and, um, and they're fearful because people fear for their lives. And so of course they are going to wear a mask because they'll die if they don't, right? Even though it's not true, but that's how it's been internalized and sold to them. So, um, it's a very difficult thing to overcome. Even like education, you know, I know people that send their kids to government run schools, um, and there are great schools, you know, New Trier in Chicago or Hinsdale Central, or whatever, because they want their kids to go to the best schools. well, you know, I didn't go to the best schools i i I went to three schools in four years. I wound up okay. James didn't go to the best schools um until he went to law school, right I mean, so, and he's Public okay education
2: my whole life Tim.
1: yeah, I know I know oh, and, right, right, and so I mean, you know me too, and so. <laughs> You know, there's tons of ways to make it in this world. Um, but the people that make it know, understand risk reward. They understand when to take that risk. And when opportunity knocks, they're willing to do it. And you have to be able to be individualistic enough to, and self-confident enough to step up and do it. And, and I think, you know, in this whole James thing, as I look back on it 10 years ago, that's what was really impressive to me. It's like, who the hell is this? But My first impression was, who the hell is this schmuck Uh, Northwestern University is taking on these guys. This is idiotic, even though I had friends that were locked out of the freaking floor and couldn't go trade. And it's like, who is this? Nobody. Where's, where's somebody like name person to do it? Well, the fact is they didn't want to do it. They were scared to do it or they didn't want to take the opportunity. And, and I'm sure they'll glom on now. Like, look at what I did, blah, 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 blah but they weren't there when it counted right when it came time to to pick up the arms and go into battle and and so i think that's what was really interesting to me about it um at the very 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 beginning
0: yeah and it's to to what james said earlier is a lot of their power yet not not only do they get off on it they get off on the double speak right it's also about demoralization tax the rich and then you're hanging out with them they do get off on that it is the bouncer syndrome But it's also because of that, you know, it's not it's not real power like, um, for instance, uh, you know, treaties say that we won't go to nuclear war. But what the U.S. does have is Cheyenne Mountain. We have uh, Raven Rock. We have the Greenbrier. Mm -hmm. We have these bunkers under 2000 feet of granite with a closing uh, bolt head door that can survive a blast from right next door. That's real power. So speaking truth to power is, yeah, you go and knock on the vault at the White House bunker. Oh, that's real. So when the treaty breaks down, that's real. All these politicians, there isn't a real backing. There's no gold behind the fiat. So when they say a mandate, when they say you got to do this, if you stand up and look it in the eye and challenge it, they fold every time, like getting them to drop the mass mandate in 30 minutes. They fold whenever you truly push, when people are going to bring a, You know, to file suits against the Biden administration, no one can find the mandate because it wasn't real. It was it was just a press conference. It's this entire thing is based off an illusion. And if you succumb to that illusion, it's terrifying, right? Because it seems real. But If you don't succumb to it and you actually look at it and go, What there was this famous battle sometime in the Revolutionary War, I don't remember which one it was, but apparently like it was just tradition amongst the like the colonists that like every ten men or something on like a parapet wall, they would have like their local flag, their colony, their town, whatever. And so when approaching a base, they would all be hiding behind the walls on the parapets and they'd all have their flags. You could actually start to gauge, you know, it's kind of stupid on our part, but you could start to gauge how many guys there were. All right, there's fifteen flags, we know it's every Ten guys got 150 men. Well, once we figured out that the British were using that, we started to realize when we were fucked, we were like, "Hold on, everybody just hide behind the wall." They just line up flags. They just line up 50 flags, and they'd be like, "Shit, they're running 500 strong." Inside, there was like three scared shitless guys. Like, I hope they don't (laughs) call our bluff. But it worked. Now you have to realize that that is what a lot of the politicians are doing: is they're putting up their flags and they're saying we are a monolith. if you can't challenge this and then you just go Nah, fuck it, I'll quit. I don't care. Find a new pilot. And then Southwest has to just reverse their mandates and go, sorry, uh, JK, we weren't doing this. That's what you have to do. When you are when you're during a pandemic mm-hmm. and you can only contact each other through screens and you can very easily manipulate things through just a cartel of five big tech companies, they can say, you know, ninety-nine percent of Americans think that uh patriotism's fake versus once things start to open up again and you see every football stadium across America chanting, let's go brand until the rafters are shaking, you go are we really the minority here or not? And that's one thing that the powers that be throughout all of human history always want you to know. If they can't quash the revolution 100%, they want you to at least think that it's just you. It's just you, Tommy. There's no one else that doing it with you. They never want you to know that you are, in fact, in numbers. But they know you're in numbers. It's like that quote, um, if the situation was hopeless, their propaganda wouldn't be necessary. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what we're seeing right now.
1: I think, Tommy, that... The the one point of disagreement I might have is sure. if you're a small businessman, the government can bring the full force of government oh, down on you and, and and you have no escape and you lose your business and, and you might lose your everything. And and um, unfortunately, you know, it's it's hard to to fight back against that, even if you're the small businessman that says, hey, I don't I don't want to I don't agree with any of this. It's not based in science, blah, I'm going to fight it. It's hard to get your fellow small business people to go along with you. Now, yes. if they did, you could fight it, right? I mean, because civil disobedience is a real thing. Um, but it's it's hard. It's very difficult to get going. It's a lot easier to do in a virtual thing. Yeah. Um, or if you really do have the power. I mean, the pilots do have the power to fly the planes and they can do whatever the hell they want. Um, that's the one maybe bit of disagreement. When you're in a geographic thing, it's hard. You just can't pick up and move. Yeah. Yeah, no. but, but
2: so here's the thing, right? I mean, like, this is why I went to law school. Okay, so you're talking about this, right. let's go brand and coin. And, you know, like, you gave me some publicly, and then I kind of, like, leaned into it because I love the movement. You know, I love the coin. But, you know, also as an investment manager who, you know, has done a lot of crypto law, you know, I'm really bothered by the way the SEC has handled crypto regulation. You know, so basically... Projects, legitimate projects that have gone to the SEC and asked for exemption or asked, like, give me a roadmap. How do I do this in a compliant way? They're told by the SEC you can't, you've got to shut down. Okay, but you know, you've got people who, you know, have raised billions of dollars in like outright frauds, and they, you know, the SEC fines them twenty-three million dollars, right? And billions of dollars, right? So it's like, you know, the, the precedence that they have set is like break the law and you're getting a slap on the wrist, and we're going to reward the lawbreakers, right? So I think a big part of this meme coin movement reminds me of crowdfunding like 10 years ago, you know, when they had these platforms where people could essentially give money to startups, and the SEC said, well, sure, you could give them money, but if you give them equity, it's a violation of the securities laws, because they're soliciting, you know, not accredited investors, but if you give them a free t-shirt, that's okay, right? Yeah. So to me, the mean coin legally is the same thing. Okay, it has no value, right? It's like a beanie baby. It's like some, you know, collectible that there was a big bubble on, and you know, in the '90s. And there you go, bubble here, bubble here. And you, know, you ask George Soros, "What do you do when you see a bubble?" He says, "You buy it." Okay, because bubbles persist a lot a longer than people think. So even if there's no fundamentals, we have millions of people, you know, buying worthless meme coins and having fun over it and you've got trillions of dollars a wash of liquidity, it actually becomes a rational, um, you know, behavior. But, you know, people have, some serious people have called me and they're freaked out, right? Because they're like, why did you take these coins publicly? Right? Like, how are you putting your name on this? You know? And like, I'm not afraid, right? And the crazy thing is, you know, the chairman of the SEC, it's a guy named Gary Gensler, and he just so happened to have been the chairman of the CFTC during our global. And he just so happened to work at Goldman Sachs with John Corzine, who's the one who stole the 1.6 billion that resulted in the 6.7 billion in uh, customer funds being frozen. So we were all like, aren't you worried that Genzo going to come after you? And I'm like, look, it's a non-zero risk. Okay. But I'm not going to not do something that in my professional legal opinion is completely legal, as long as it's properly disclaimed. Because I'm afraid of corruption, okay? And when you do that, and when you stop doing legal, you know, behavior because of that, like, they win. Yes. Okay? So to me, it's a very let's go Brandon thing to do to accept those coins that Jeff so graciously uh, you know, gave me. And that, by the way, my Halloween costume dressed as the president of China with the yeah. Joe Biden blow-up doll yeah. is what inspired the developer to actually make the point of the first place. Yeah. So, you know, I like it for two factors. But you know what? If Bensler wants to come at me and come after this coin because of the political message or come at me because I stood up to his crony, John Corzine, when the administration gave him a de facto pardon and did not charge him despite having him on tape lines beside he he, we besides having him unequivocally guilty of perjuring himself before Congress. Mm-hmm. Come at me, bro. I'll yeah. tell you, Gensler, right now, if you come at me, you better knock me out because I've never lost in court. My friends call me the DJ Khaled Law. And you know <laughs> what? That's another nickname that I'm going to lead into. Like, if I lose one day, we'll change the nickname. But until then, we Gensler, have. I'm telling you now, this coin is legal. It is not a security Okay, it is a digital collectible. If you want to mess with me, you want to mess with, let's go, Brandon Coin. let's go, and I guarantee you there will be a lot of second-parent patriots behind her. me if you want to mess with me, Gensler,
1: yeah. bring it. And Gary Gensler, um, I think, as head of the CFTC, objectively, didn't do a great job um, from an industry perspective. I think Craig Perong economist out of the University of Houston. He blogs at the Streetwise Professor. If you just read what he wrote about Gensler, um, it's enough to make you vomit. Um, Cryptocurrency regulation at the SEC has been arduous at best. Um, James and I did a panel with um, a couple of other people for the Federal Society on crypto regulation. And I think Professor McGinnis out of um, Northwestern said it best, when he said, first of all, lawyers do need to take an active role at looking at crypto and writing crypto regulation. But will the state will the state write regulations in such a way that it can create a competitive market for its own fiat currency? And, you know, I think it's not, the way he asked it was not rhetorical. I think if you're looking at it rhetorically, they won't. Um, and so far they haven't. And I think part of the reason is they don't want the competition so you know in business it's ignore ignore the little upstart uh, then try to compete with them, then try to regulate them out of business and then sue the bastards um, now we're we're getting to the regulate them out of business portion of crypto in a lot of different places. so it'll be very, very interesting to watch the problem I have is. The people overseeing the SEC and the people inside the SEC in general—this is a generalization—don't understand the first thing about it. Um, they just don't understand it, and and it's not that it's that difficult to understand if you take the time to understand it. It's not some hieroglyphic thing on a wall. Um, if you uh, if you have a, a, a familiarity with software economics and kind of just, just superficial legal stuff you can understand it
0: it's um what you said about about capitulating or folding because uh you're worried that they're going to come after you that's i mean that is the end goal of all things is to make you uh make you do it yourself right we censor you until that's again that was for me like a personal thing why i kind of like took the took the kamikaze stand and got nuked Mm -hmm. off youtube because i was like I realized I'd started doing a couple episodes and I'd find myself kind of biting my tongue. I'd be saying something about election fraud and I'd be like the election fiasco or I'd start talking about COVID and I'd be like, "Ah, but you know, and I found myself and it fucking disgusted me because I have the, the nerve to do a podcast in front of an American flag and then self-censor myself. And (laughs) I was just like, this is. And you talk about Normandy. My grandfather's brother was 18 years old when he was on Omaha Beach and he survived. But he was fucking there scalping Nazis. Like, this shit's yeah. real. You know, the guys I've interviewed, Mike Durant, the Black Hawk Down pilot, you listen to his book and you talk to me 13 days in captivity and having ID's henchmen beat the shit out of him with a broken back. And he thought he was going to die. You know, in the movie Black Hawk Down, everyone sees when he's down and the, the crowd comes and get him and they hit him with the butt of a gun. Well, in his yeah. book, he tells the truth and he says it wasn't that. It was the severed limbs of one of the Delta Force operators that he was hit with. He was hit with yeah. a ripped off arm. When you talk to those guys, and then I'm like, "Well, I don't want to bring up COVID because I don't want to get man from YouTube." I'm like, "I would rather put a gun in my fucking mouth than do that." So whether it's that or whether it's the LGB coin, it's all about right? appeasement with Hitler. It never works. Bending over to power doesn't work. It never works with a bully. It doesn't work with with dictators. It it just never works. You have to call their bluff and call it immediately, and oftentimes it's just an illusion. It's a shadow. And again, it's very easy for me to say that, uh, Jeff, as you brought up earlier, you're a small business owner and you got, to have, you, know, you got a wife and two kids. It's very easy for me to sit here and get riled up on a podcast because I'm my own boss and I get to wear slippers to work, right? right. I, I'm not providing for two little kids and I've got a mom and pop store that I just, you know, I only finished paying off last year. I understand that it's very easy for me to get riled up. But for people like us who do have the luxury of being able to speak out it's all the more reason why we have to because there's a lot of people who can't right the the pilots going against the vaccine mandates that's a feel-good story there's a lot of guys out there that are like dude you know this vaccine i might have an adverse reaction reaction but a lot of these guys are like i would do anything for my kids including playing russian roulette with this vaccine and that's Mm -hmm. you know that's some bullshit that they're put in that situation so i think it i do think we have responsibility to do what other people maybe it's not in their best interest too, because they're gambling with their children's futures. Right.
1: Well, Thomas Paine was part of the revolution too, right? Yeah. The pen is mightier than the sword. So I think that still holds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I'm, I'm really, I'm really not sure. I, I would like to think that there is slowly, uh, the tide is slowly turning and it's important to know that, you know, You're never going to openly see the tide turning because the media will never, you know, the the revolution will not be televised. the The Nazi state-run media was never; they weren't saying in the final days of April, like, "Hey, the Soviets are the Soviets are closing in and they're all in the Fuhrer bunker (laughs) taking, you know, taking opium and getting ready to blow their brains out." No, they up until the last day they were issuing the Nero decree, saying, "Fight Mm -hmm. to the end, burn it all." And then it Mm -hmm. collapsed. The Soviet Union, in in hindsight, we can see through declassification that it was slowly imploding over the decades. But like a tsunami, you only see it break in the last 1% of its life. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It wasn't until it all fell apart that we went, oh, how'd that happen? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. So. You have to look, we're never going to see the news going, wow, more and more people are disgruntled with vaccine mandates, with the fuckery uh, in the elections, with a supply chain crisis or uh, supply chain getting blocked up or calling parents domestic terrorists or big tech censorship and collusion. You're never going to see that until it just breaks. So the importance is you have to keep needling away at it because it's only till the last second that it's actually going to give way. And I do think... Because because I'm kind of involved with it every day, I do see the tide turning like having sensors like deep in the ocean so they can detect when there's a tsunami. You don't have to wait till it's on the horizon. You can go, there was just a, you know, a six point, whatever magnitude in the middle of the ocean. Someone that's kind of always uploading and always talking to guests. I have noticed that there is a subtle change and it's the, you know, the biggest ones we seeing are the, the proliferation of the let's go Brandon chants, But, I think something's happened. Who knows? Maybe I'm just being wildly optimistic.
1: Who knows? I think you know. It's like F. Scott Fitzgerald said about you know going broke. It it, it happens suddenly, right? And I think that's the same thing with this. Um, I don't know. You know, um, I'm out here in Las Vegas in the desert, and every we've got we're one of five states that have a mask mandate. I do not wear a mask anywhere I go. Nobody says anything. I walked to a casino the other day. Nobody said a word about it. Um, so I think they know it's all a joke. They're just going along with the program. Um, well, I, I just did a two-and-a-half-week
2: road trip, and I was in, like, New Jersey, like, Chicago, like, some blue places. I refused to put on a Okay, I'm like, I got super immunity, masks don't do anything. Fauci's right. on a video saying that masks don't do anything. It's also unequivocally confirmed in writing that he funded data a function research. Like, why on earth are we listening to this guy? Right. Okay, like, why would I for one second <laughs> infringe my, my rights to, you know, on a guy who has lied through his teeth before Congress it should be in jail?
1: Should be John, Johns Hopkins University also did like Bayesian studies, peer-reviewed medical studies that showed masks don't don't really work for this sort of thing. Um, the other way to look at it is, is way I, I you know I was a trader forever. I got my MBA at University of Chicago, so I look through things through a, a, an economics lens all the time. Is let's look at the marginal benefit, marginal cost of whatever, whatever it is, and in, in the case of, of vaccines, let's say. The distribution is not a normal distribution. So when we look at things generally, and people will say they understand statistics, they look at things and they say, well, the probability of this is this, and there's a 67%, 95% confidence interval. The truth of the matter is with COVID, the distribution is heavily skewed, right? So if you're age zero to 60 and you don't have comorbidities, the likelihood of you dying is zero or very, very close to zero. So the marginal benefit of getting a shot is close to zero. Um, if you have, you know, I've got friends that have infirmities, they're sick or whatever, The marginal benefit for them to get a shot is is actually a lot better. So they should get the shot. My parents are both in their eighties. They have comorbidities. They should get the shot. Anybody over 70 sort of like that should get the shot. The average age of death for COVID is 78. Average age of death for us people is miraculously 78 years old. I mean, so you can do cost benefit analysis and set policy that way, which they never do because government always is one size fits all. The Republicans are guilty of it. I'm a Republican, but in many ways the Republicans are as guilty of it as the Democrats and the policies that they set as well. So I think as a civil libertarian, you really, in a classical liberal, you got to be out front and sort of explain this stuff to people, but it doesn't lend itself to sound Twitter, you know, 140 characters, TV stuff. You got to get into stuff like your podcast to really understand it. I, and 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 it's hard. It's a very hard, challenging educational battle.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, when I interviewed Dr. Robert Malone, I mean, when I point, when people point to or ask, you know, how come you're not on YouTube? And I'm like, well, I got nuked for this episode. And I point them to it. It's it's not salacious. It's not AOC clap back.
1: It's oh, it's brain. two
0: hours of this brilliant individual explaining to my dumbass how cationic charged phospholipid bilayer, and I'm okay and spike. <laughs> but the but the takeaway is is he's basically what you just said. He's like for yeah. younger men like yourself, no, it's it's probably more dangerous for you to get the vaccine. For older individuals, you probably should get it. And he was like, as the guy that invented it, let me tell you. And that's yeah. it's exactly what he says. He's like, No, this this is what I always point to. No, this isn't some fucking Illuminati depopulation plan. We've had the ability to do that with thermonuclear warheads for seventy years. Like we we know how to do that. I've I've interviewed Ken Albeck, the former uh, head of the Soviet bioweapon program. And we were mixing smallpox with tularemia and Black Plague and putting them on top of cruise missiles and they were going to launch them over New York. If we wanted to depopulate, we know how to do it and we could do it yeah. really well. At the same time, the whole entire thing isn't a hoax. It's, it's like all things. It's a gray area. For some people, it's really beneficial to get it with comorbidities. COVID will fuck you up for mm-hmm. other people. It, it might have an if you're really you know you're 29 and you might have a heart attack from this thing it, it's it's probably it's probably not something you want to do but you know it's i, d- I don't know man it it, it it just seems it's so clear in my mind that this has nothing to do with health it, it this is so it's, about it's
2: social credit i mean it's um yes. it's, credit credit. Right. No, it's, it's politicized. social credit yeah. system and, but you know what i mean they're holding i mean like, when you got cnn talking about Biden having a 38% approval rating. Yeah. Okay, like people are sick of this shit, okay, Mm and like, you know, they're sick of the fear-mongering and I mean, but it's gross, like the fear-mongering is so effective I mean, I can't tell you how many, like women in their 20s who are like fit are so afraid of it, like they're obsessed over it and it's like, you know, the guilt like the left is really great at guilt and being like, well, what if you kill grandma? Right, well, I'll tell you, look, I wear a whoop Okay, it monitors my respiratory rate. The best leading indicator for COVID um, being symptomatic where you're actually contagious is your respiratory rate doubles three-ish days before you become symptomatic. So look, you know, I've got older parents. I've checked my respiratory rate every day since i was been a thing. And even when I was exposed to it and tested positive, I had a 10% increase um, one day and then I've been Okay. So like I'm not gonna stop living my life for this like imaginary fear for something for thirty bucks a month. I to have very great biometric data knowing that I'm not gonna take this.
1: Wow. You were a whoop? Right here, bro. That's cool. You know, I'm the investor Charging
2: right now, I'm just
1: gonna talk to you, but I'm in, I'm in I'm the investor in the in the company that charges those son of a guns. Nice. New current new current out of Chicago. Yeah, baby, thank you for supporting the Carter family. <laughs> I got you, bro,
2: I got you. And I'm showing my whoop. This isn't like a white supremacist thing. I know they try to make up things. See my whoop? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. it's right. like, you know, I'm showing the camera, like, don't get any ideas. Because, you know, that's their playbook, right? Oh, yeah. right. right? It's like, they can't beat you in an intellectual argument, so it's you got to be a racist, like,
0: shut up. Well, that's the best thing, is when, is when I'm... When the when it boils down to, Tommy, why are you talking about Vare's data? Well, I think the vaccine's dangerous. Says who? Well, Dr. Robert Malone. Well, send me the link. I do you one better. I can send you my interview with him. Well, yeah. why, why do you think he's an expert? Because he invented it. That doesn't make him an expert. Yes, it does. You're a racist. I'm like, okay, 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 I, okay I won. Um, and then – just kind of like last things I want to touch up on and it's more so just because I bring it up all the time is it's more than just power and it's more than just a power grab and it's it's there's something much more deeper and sinister to all of this and it's when I've had on Dr. George Farid I've had on Dr. Malone Dr. McCullough Dr. Saeed Dr. Hodkinson Dr. Alexander Dr. Hatfield Dr. Nass Dr. Alabek I've had them all on these guys are all hyper accredited physicians three of whom are the world's leading experts on anthrax and then of course, the inventor of the the, uh, mRNA technology, and Dr. Peter McCullough, the most published cardiologist in world history. Dr. Freed's treated over 9,000. Dr. Dr. Freed's 81 years old. He's a Harvard physician who's been practicing for 50 years. He and Brian Tyson have treated over 9,000 patients in the Imperial Valley of California with a 99.99% survival rate of all ages and all comorbidities up to age 90, and they've still, they come in hot with COVID. They've got them out of there. And it's because they're using ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, two generic medications that have been studied for decades and given out in billions of doses. They've been studied in kids and older people and pregnant women and babies in everything. The problem is, is they cost about two cents a pill. And so it's not just because, you know, it's it's one thing if the vaccine's dangerous. But I mean, come on, we're in America. Big pharma has been pushing shit for decades. Like it's kind of you kind of know maybe you want to go on Adderall. Hey, you might have a heart attack, but. You know, you 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 know, you roll the dice, you spin the wheel, whatever. It's, that's whatever. But when they are actively suppressing alternative treatments, that in Doctor Freed's mind could have reduced. Doctor McCullough says eighty five percent. Doctor Freed says ninety nine percent of the seven hundred thousand deaths in the United States could have been completely sidestepped. And when they know, well, they could have
2: got an emergency FDA approval for they the. They cannot the, have an. And I won't even call vaccines. They're not.
0: They're, they're genetic therapy.
2: Okay, it, yeah. Well, right. The point is, it's, is a, it's a therapeutic. It's not a vaccine, and they, you know, lawyer and They had to actually change the definition, the definition of a vaccine to get the approval. Like, give me a like. Well, and, and, it, and people still, they the, the psyop, the fear has worked so hard. They're, they want to take an experimental. Uh, therapeutic. And, you know, and and again, it's a place to stand. I'm like, you know, look, I'm Greek. Greece had a pro health policy. Guess what? I went there for a month and spent a lot of money in Greece. Okay. Like, did I go to London, which I normally spend a month or two every summer? No. Okay. Did I go to Italy? No. Okay. Have I set foot in Manhattan? No. And people got to be able to, you know, they got to say, I will forego an opportunity. I'm not going to go to that conference. I'm not yeah. going go to that event because they got some bullshit policy that has nothing to do with health. Yeah, and, and you know, well, I don't respect people who fold and cave and go and you know do do stuff like that when they know it's wrong.
0: Yeah, it's well. What you said is the use of these other medications, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. If these were shown to be uh, effective, which they are. There would be no EUA, meaning that these vaccines couldn't work. And Mod- uh-huh. Moderna and Pfizer have both doubled in market cap. And I, you can check me on this, I believe have posted three or four straight record breaking profit quarters, record uh-huh. breaking
2: quarters of profit. Yeah. That's what think, it is. So you gotta ask, ask, how much stock did Miss Insider Trading Nancy Pelosi have? Yeah. Okay, and get the, options, James. I just mean, options, options. Just, just, yeah, sorry, sorry. Well, I, I, she I, likes I, leverage. Okay, she's the mean queen. Yeah. She needs her leverage. Yeah. My well, anyway, bad,
0: I, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. I think it was MSNBC. You know, every day they go on, and I love just going on and making sure the videos get ratioed. Always give them a thumbs down. But they're always doing, you know, boosters this, boosters that. They yeah. did one the other day where they actually legitimately looked somber, and they said Moderna Outlook, and they had the stock chart up there. They're like, after this, we'll get back to how we're going to be giving shots to 5- to 11-year-olds. But now, Moderna Stock Outlook looking grim, and it's like, it's almost comically evil. Like, here really they is. are. I mean,
2: giving this shit to kids is evil. And okay? then, and mean, then like, look, talking about two the of stock three price. Of us here, two or three of us here are young and healthy. Sorry, Jeff. But like, <laughs> Dude, if we took that, we're at a very elevated risk of heart inflammation. My okay, it yeah. it's even worse. Yeah. Okay, the UK was at least honest, okay, when they were trying to get younger people in their 20s, and they actually said you have a higher risk of side effects from the jab, as they call it, than from COVID. They were I'll give them credit. They were honest and they're like, do it for grandma, okay, which you know, whatever, but at least they disclosed that like here. Kids, it's an infinitesimal risk to kids. Infinitesimal. Okay, it's not even statistically significant. But the risk of heart inflammation and like blood clots and stuff, those are statistically significant risks. And it is pure, unadulterated evil to be pushing that on kids to boost big pharma profit.
1: Plus, um, did you see what they did at West Point to that woman? I blogged about that today. Um, She wound up leaving the academy. But they segregated her and put her through Mao-like struggle sessions, a whole platoon of them that wouldn't get the vax. And she had had COVID and had immunities. And she's like, look it, if I didn't have COVID, I'd probably get the vax, but I had it. And so I'm I'm immune, same as my wife had it. I got vaxed uh, at the time I was diagnosed with a terminal illness and my doctor said, you should get it. I came to find out that it was a misdiagnosis of a terminal illness, so she, she, unfortunately- Welcome back to the world, I'm going <laughs> to- But, and I am, I'm, you know, I'm 59 years old, so I'm older, I'm healthy, but I think probably along the line, I got COVID or was exposed to it because I went to a party with four people, three people came down with COVID and I didn't. So I probably have the immunity. But listen, about 30% of people
2: have natural total immunity to this. I was in that camp. Right. Are you, are you, let me tell are you, you I've been to month? hundreds of dance parties, nightclubs, yeah. like all over, you know, the Bahamas. Sure. I mean, I live at Miami Beach. I mean, I live yes. in Salt Beach, right? right? I mean, and I have not been afraid of this. I've, I've basically taken zero precautions since April 2020, other than monitor my respiratory rate. And all these parties, and I haven't had as much as a cough. Or great. Right. And I had it, right? I, I want and got tested because I was exposed. Sure. Um, was positive, had a one day ten percent elevated respiratory rate, and that was it. I actually had a party on my balcony with people who had COVID till four in the morning. <laughs> I like had a dinner party like cooking chocolate souffles and stuff when I was positive about it, Okay, like you know, these people who are like in paralyzed fear over it, like they they gotta get a little better at math. Like read some yeah. studies. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, to me Let's, to me it always goes back to this uh one of the weird things is, uh, is there was this paper. I, I don't remember where it was. It might have been DITRA, the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. It was one of these kind of shadowy, maybe DARPA or BARDA or one of these things. But there was a paper, and it was like in a, it was like a declassified, basically opinion piece, and it said, uh, it said, uh, biological. What was it? It was like biological editing or adjustments if If you know they believed is moral or ethical, which is skewed, anyone that thinks that you know for the greater good is often doing it poorly, should be done covertly and the argument of the abstract was is if we think that you know we need to change the world through editing individuals' biology to make them i mean it was coded for saying you know uh you know white males, but it was saying uh violent and aggressive people who you know they value things like you know private property. We should do that editing and we have a moral obligation to do it covertly. When I see that and then I see, you know, you had now you're now double vaccine, you got the booster. Now, have you got the second booster? No. Well, you're no longer considered vaccinated. Now you right. need you have to get their clearance. You have to get their jab in order to go participate in society. Now it becomes you have to take whatever is in the jab and eventually they're going to sneak something in through the back door. I don't know what that thing is. But, you know, when all the leading billionaires are uh, depopulationists or eugenicists, man, if that doesn't make the hair raise on the back of your neck, I I don't know what does. But it's, at the very least, even if it's not some sexy James Bond, you know, evil villain thing, at the very least, it's worse that it's just for money. Like, they're just doing it for money. Like, we know they've done, we've seen it in our lifetimes before. Yeah. It's... I don't fucking know, man. But
2: Yeah, I wonder what the kickbacks are on this in terms of, like, lobbying and donations. We'll and know in, times. like, 30 it's gotta years. Be, it's got to be beyond the pale.
0: It, I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll know in 30 or 40 years. But, I mean, that's – I'm 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 so confident in, like, where I stand on this that that's why I'm doing everything I'm doing now and saying because yeah. I, I, I know where I want to be on the side of history.
1: To be fair, to be fair, and I'm a Republican – the Republicans politicized this in the beginning too. Oh, no, um, they're all, they're all, they're all pieces of everybody shit. Everybody did. They're they were all, they of shit. all, they all did. And that's one of the reasons it's so screwed up. Um, to James's point, I think the vaccine is not a vaccine. It's a therapeutic. I, I, you know, I play golf with these older guys at my club. They're all in their seventies. They're all vaccinated just about. And we were having a discussion about boosters and stuff like that. And I, I said, pointed out, I said, you know, even though you get the vaccine, you can still get COVID. So it's not really a vaccine. And this guy kind of said, "Yeah, that's correct, but symptoms are allowed."
2: Admit it, but it's a therapeutic. Because if, if you are older, yeah. if you're obese, if you're diabetic, right? Like I would probably take it. you're Older, obese, or diabetic, sure. right? Where you're, where sure. you have the high risk from the comorbidities. You yep. have to put it on everybody. And the thing is, you look at all these places that have opened up. Like Sweden was the, the leader in her immunity. Virtually zero cases. Zero. It's like right. one death a week. Right. You know, Norway, Finland, Denmark right. have all opened up. Miami, we're open. Okay. So when you get out there, that's how that's how it means to support work. Okay. Right. The community getting out there and you know and partying and hooking up with people or whatever,
1: right? That's how you're spreading antibodies across the community. I totally agree. I would I would have a different opinion if this was the blank Plague yeah. or smallpox. And it affected yeah. all ages and people equally, and people were falling dead in the street, and it was Monty Python bring out your dead. Yeah. Well, here's the
2: thing. I said this (laughs) in April 2020, right, in that there has never been a successful coronavirus vaccine. There is no vaccine for the common cold. There's no vaccine for SARS. There's no vaccine for MERS. And there's never – Moderna developed this mRNA technology like 10 years ago. They've never had a successful vaccine. They've never brought it to market. Yeah, Right. But so they combine two concepts that don't work but then mandate it on everybody with no long-term that's tests right. and ban other therapies. Hey, these are the okay? same, these are the and same
0: retards that think they're the ones who are going to get communism. Right. So are you, that's, surprised right. To-
1: right, right, that's right. Exactly. Right. But yeah. then- they're going to wind up as Sweden and not Cuba. Right. Okay. And like, yeah. Okay. okay AOC. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I think, you know, I, I don't want to be a conspiracy theory at all about any of this stuff, oh, I but don't. I am a data dog and you look at data and it just isn't there, yeah. you know, It just, it's just not there. And so if you're at all objective, if you're at all objective and, and take all the politics out of it, take all the gain of function research bullshit and how Fauci is actually a criminal, but take that all out of it and just look at the data. If you can get unadulterated data, which is very hard to do because they keep switching it all the time. Yeah. Um, the version, yeah, there, you go. there I mean, you go. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a serious thing enough that it kills more than the flu in an average year. Yeah. But it's killing old people, and we can protect old people and let the rest of us get on with our lives. And if you're vulnerable well, and you guess you're what, come to Miami. Home. No one cares, bro. Like,
2: <laughs> Florida is free, and we're not afraid. Yeah. Okay. And you know, here's the, the thing about society now: when work from home is okay yes. because of COVID, you got to vote with your feet if you live. In a post-apocalyptic blue
1: hellhole, move. People are, and people are, and people are, and 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 you know we've had companies we've invested in that have moved to Miami. They're in the crypto space. ML Tech is one. James is going to meet with them. Um, I've had other people I know move there. Venture capitalists are moving there. I invested in a company out of San Francisco in November of 2019 that I met in North Carolina. They based in San Francisco. We, we had a board meeting in January of 2020 and I literally San Francisco, one of my favorite cities in the world. And, um, I just looked at the guy and I go, if I never have to come back here for a board meeting, you know, I'm okay with it. Cause it's just trash. And, um, and it is, I moved out of Chicago to Las Vegas. I was lifelong Chicagoan. And the reason we did was safety. And that's why my friends are moving out of Chicago. It's not just the taxes. yes, it's, they can't govern it's the debt
0: it's the you know, it's when, the marauding bands
1: when my wife says i won't walk the dog at night because i'm afraid or you know i'm driving my cousin's husband's porsche take on downtown and my wife's like we're going to drive it all over downtown i said no we're not we're going to park it because i don't want to get a carjacked yeah. that changes the life and so you leave yeah. because of that or you buy an mrap it's uh, yeah. uh yeah. guys.
2: I'm sorry. I actually gotta go. Yeah. I gotta jump on a flight. I'm meeting Brandon tomorrow, and we'll be in the owners box for oh, his NASCAR race. Um, so thanks, Jeff, for for getting my name dude. out there. Yes. One of this. Uh, this has been really fun. Um, and all I gotta say, let's go, Brandon. Let's, go, let's Brandon, go, Brandon. Have a safe flight to Phoenix. I wish I could drive down and see you, dude. All right, hold on. Um, Thank you. Hold, hold on. One